Good morning. My okay. Um, I'm Stephanie Porges. I'm a covenant partner here. Um, this morning we worship Jesus through studying the transforming power of Jesus. All of us have a desire for transformation in one way or another. The only true and fruitful transformation comes through the amazing love of our Father, accessed by faith through the person and work of Jesus Christ. From God's grace, we will joyfully live a new kind of humanity. Please read along with me as I read Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And uh, Mitchell picked out a great one for me for a fellow short person. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. <laughs> so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, and they all grumbled, he has gone to the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. Here you go. I told Stephanie, she said, did you pick that passage because I'm short? And I said, no, I didn't. But if you say something up front about it, I'll give you the Fiesta medal. So, For the, for the rest of you all, you got to go pay $10 out there. One of you will turn over tables, right? It's just a place of prayer and worship. No. We've got to be serious because I have something that I have to get off my chest. We're talking about transformation today, and I know there's a lot of pressure on people that are up front teaching the Bible to have all of their life perfectly in order, but I have a confession to make. There's a crack of faith in my house. There's something I'm really, really worried about. We're talking about transformation today, and I just got to be honest. I don't think my dog is a Christian. <laughs> it's true. I don't think it's funny. We got him as a puppy, and I'll tell you, uh, we learned pretty quickly that when our family would close our eyes to pray before a meal, my dog was sniffing around trying to steal food. When he got old enough, he'd put his paws up on the counter and he would, he would try to eat the food that was up there while we prayed. And I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe this is a real picture of the fact that we're all depraved, that on our own, we're just going to reject God and go after the desires of our flesh and heart. I don't know. But I got to be honest. I don't think my dog's a Christian. I don't know what to do about it. So I started doing a little investigation to see why my dog might be this way. And I didn't find the answer in scripture. I found it in a picture that my kids had. And the reason my dog tries to steal food during our prayer time is because he was trained. Look at that. I don't think it's funny. 
I found that picture and I was like, no wonder my dog thinks he's human and should eat at the counter. Because since he was a puppy, my kids get that picture off the screen. We're talking about transformation today. The way you transform a dog's manners is you teach them, you train them, you help them see what to do. Unfortunately, humans are a little more complicated than that. We want to be in a place where if we just could try hard enough, uh, if we just would follow the right formula, then we too could be better people and changed. The reality is, though, the issue with humanity when we speak of transformation has to do with the heart. It is something that we don't have power over. You'll remember when we talked about Luke 15, the prodigal son, both for the self-righteous and the one living by his own desires, the prodigal and the pious one. The issue was a heart issue. It wasn't about changing behavior. It was about coming home to the love of the Father. And human transformation can't happen until the gospel grabs us at the deepest places of our being, until grace is the ground that we walk forward on. Like Peter After the resurrection, we have to meet with Jesus on the beach to receive his grace and forgiveness. Like Thomas, who doubted, we've got to have time with Jesus and see that what he did is really true. Like Saul on his way to Damascus, we have to encounter resurrected Jesus for true heart transformation so that we can be transformed wholly. Like Lydia in Acts 16, our life is just going to keep going on as normal, regular rhythms of religion, until we truly understand the heart of the gospel of God. That is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. The Apostle Paul wrote that, and I join him in that. Here's the reality. The first step And strength to transformation is not a four-step plan. It's not a how-to book, but it is surrender to the Savior. It's not self-help. It's not just modifying behavior because the goal of transformation, hear this, is not so that you look more like the American dream. The goal of transformation is so that you can look more like America's Savior, Jesus Christ, who is also the savior of China, Russia, Iran, Mexico, England, every country, every tribe, every nation. He is the savior. And yes, even the French. (laughs) He is savior of everybody. We need more than better training. We need to lose ourselves in the amazing love of God and to allow his mercy to mold us, transforming us more into Christ's image. That's what we're going to talk about today. So before we go to the word of the Lord, we go to the Lord of the word with me and pray. Will you pray with me? Let me ask God again. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we long to be changed. We long to be new. We ask your Holy Spirit to use your word to do what only you can do. Give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us heart to receive. We want to know you more fully. We don't want to just be inspired. We want to be transformed to be more like you, how you created us, that we might live more faithfully 
in response to your grace, more fruitfully for your glory. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's establish the baseline here. You and I and everyone else, we all have a desire for transformation, just like Zacchaeus did. All of us want to be different. All of us want to grow in knowledge of some kind. It might not be book knowledge. It might be gaming knowledge of some kind. It might be sports knowledge. You want to grow. You want to be different. You want to grow in abilities. You want to grow in effectiveness. You want to grow in resources. You want to grow in habits. You want to grow in different hobbies. You want to grow in your leadership, your effectiveness, your discipline, your reputation to grow in being more favorable. All of us want to move away from our worst ways, those things that haunt us, those those habits that hurt us, those ways that we cope. We want to be free from those things. We want to be healed in places where we hurt. We want our pain points not just to be protected, but to be redeemed, to be made stronger, to be, to be more whole. All of us long for this. And Zacchaeus was no different than that. Zacchaeus, you, you see, he's described as a chief tax collector. That's not something people accidentally fell into. That was something you had to work towards, that you had to achieve, that you had to know the right people working for Romans. You had to cater to Caesar and to the authorities of Rome. And when in Rome, you got to do what they do so that you can get to where you want to go. It was about your experience, your connections, your productivity. He was a chief tax collector who was also described as rich. And that wealth didn't come from a lack of desire or by accident. He actually worked for it. He was strategically placed in Jericho, about 20 kilometers outside of Jerusalem, one of the main travel booths areas for the economy going into Jerusalem. Every single person that came through in trade, every single person that came in commerce, every person that came through it all was part of an economic exchange. And rich Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector working for Rome, had baked in to his job description, not tips like you leave at a restaurant when you're done, but taking extra taxes for himself. And everyone gave because they feared Rome, and no one was glad to do it. So they hated him and what he represented. Money and status, his richness, his economic success, and his authority in his position as not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector, not just a chief tax collector, but at one of the prime places in all the area, in Jericho, it was not enough for Zacchaeus. This is why Zacchaeus knew there was something more. He had to see Jesus. He had to see the one who he had heard about that opened the eyes of the blind. He had to see the one that he heard about had raised Lazarus from the dead. He had to see the one that he had heard stories of lepers who had been cleansed. He had to see the one that claimed to be the son of God. Because there was something inside of Zacchaeus who knew that the money wasn't enough, that the social status wasn't enough, that there was something more in his heart. And he did exactly what every person does when their hearts are hungering for transformation. You know what he did? He climbed up. He climbed up in a tree so he could see Jesus. But actually, it's a picture of you and of me. 
Because when you want to be transformed, you look horizontally and you instinctively think that you've got to climb up. You've got to become better. You pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You've got to get a better job. You've got to move into a better neighborhood. You've got to get a better car. You've got to get extra degrees. You've got to climb up the social ladder so that you can be something different, something better, someone more important. And we climb up into these figurative trees hoping for transformation. And sometimes, especially in the belt buckle of the Bible belt here in South Texas, sometimes we add a little transcendence to it. And we climb up through religious performance. When we're looking for transformation through our religious performance, we will try to climb the ladder of service. Look how much I serve. Look how much I do. Look how much I know. Look how set apart I am. Look how holy I am. And mainly I'm not speaking to anybody in this room, but to Pharisees like the ones in this passage who see Jesus go to Zacchaeus' home and they say, God, can't believe that he would go to a place of a tax collector and a sinner. You see, people who are trying to climb up and find transformation through some kind of transcendence, they climb the ladder of their own performance, and they are with Zacchaeus in that tree. All of us long to be transformed. If we are trying to do it from a secular way, through our performance, it's going to end up in being a high level of anxiety and a deeper level of dissatisfaction because you'll discover that when you actually achieve that which you're striving for, it's just as empty as you were before. Some of us try to do it in a religious way, and you actually figure, you actually realize that if you climb the ladder of religion for transformation, it's super joyless and empty, and it ends up being lonely. We find ourselves with Zach Bryan. Any Zach Bryan fans in here? I think Zach Bryan is a phenomenal songwriter. And he has a song called Motorcycle Drive-By. And uh, I'll, I'll spare you the title. But his last line says this. With so much shame inside of me, I just want to hide me. And they want to hear me sing songs under the lights. His form of dealing with his shame, his form of, of transformation is a public performance under the lights and he's hiding in plain sight. We all, even the most famous people, desire transformation. Zacchaeus shows us that. But what we need to see secondly is the direction of transformation. I want you to look down in your Bibles. He'd entered Jericho. He was passing through and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was seeking to see Jesus, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead. He climbed up into a tree, a sycamore tree to see Jesus for he was about to pass that way. The desire for transformation. Here's the real transformation. Verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Did you hear that? He received him joyfully. And when they, the self-righteous religious people, saw it, they all grumbled and said, he's gone to be with the guest of a man who's a tax collector and sinner. You see, the direction of transformation can be seen when we follow the words see. In verses 3 and 4, Zacchaeus sees Jesus coming, and he wants to see Jesus. So he climbs up into a tree so he can see Jesus. 
But the direction of transformation doesn't come from climbing up into a tree. It comes from Jesus who came and it says he stopped and he looked up. He saw Zacchaeus. He stopped and he saw and he called Zacchaeus to come to himself. You see, transformation comes from Jesus. It only comes from Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives dead places life. Jesus is the one that mends broken hearts. Jesus is the one that has the power to break addictions. Jesus is the one that has the power to cleanse us from our sin and our shame. Jesus is the one, just like God in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve saw, desired, took, and ate. They realized their nakedness, and what did they do? They covered their shame. They didn't climb in the tree to cover shame. They took leaves down from the tree and they made clothes for themselves. And God came to them. He made provision. Jesus is God himself who comes. And it's not enough to acknowledge the fact, to be up in the tree and say, here comes Jesus. But we have to come down and get in relationship with him. The true transformation comes from Jesus, but it comes from being with Jesus in relationship. It's unbelievable that Jesus stops and he knows Zacchaeus' name. It is remarkable that the Son of God, God himself incarnate, the Word made flesh, the Word that spoke creation into existence, the Word, according to Paul in Colossians 1, holds everything together. He stops at the foot of a tree of a known sinner, and he says his name. This intimate invitation is for everyone who longs for transformation. Jesus calls us by name. And until we respond to that invitation, we will never know true transformation. Because true transformation doesn't just come when we acknowledge Jesus, but when we're with Jesus in relationship personal relationship. What does that look like? It looks like Jesus saying, hey, I got to come to your house. I got to eat with you. I got to fellowship with you. It's about letting Jesus into our lives, into our hearts, so that we can believe the truths of the gospel, and into our homes, so that those truths permeate everything that we do. Jesus must be in deep relationship with you if you are going to see true transformation. He does it through divine appointments. I love what Jesus says. He says, I have to come to your house. And I'm just going to tell you this. I don't want to repeat what I preached in the traditional service over there, but Jesus really says this to you. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. The hound dog of heaven His love is relentless, and he is going to grab your heart. The fact that you're here today shows that he's drawing you, and that he wants to do something in you and through you. And the key to transformation is not climbing up, but it's climbing down. It's not self-promotion. It's humbling yourself before the Lord. That's exactly what Zacchaeus did. He had to climb out of that tree to truly be transformed. He had to climb into relationship and trust the love of the Father that's found through Christ alone. 
We have to climb out of our pride, out of our bitterness, out of our lust, out of the death in our hearts, and into the life that is Christ, the truth, the hope, and the love that is God incarnate. I want to tell you something. I love my job as a pastor. I love it. And almost weekly, I have multiple people, multiple conversations with people who really, really, really want to change. And they, this is the missing piece, all right? The missing piece in sustainable and substantial transformation is humbling yourselves and receiving the grace of God on every level of your heart in the deepest places of your being. And that's what we see in the third point. This is what it looks like, the details of transformation. You see, first, uh, you got to understand, uh, look at what Zacchaeus has said. It says that he received him joyfully. Verse six, he came down, he received him joyfully. Joy is a theme in Luke. We don't have time to go all through it. Salvation uh, coming to everyone by faith. Uh, you know, just last chapter in chapter 18, the, the rich young ruler couldn't be saved and the disciples were like, well, then who then can be saved? And Jesus says, well, you know, uh, it, for a wealthy person, it's, hard, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You remember that? Well, the wealthy person, Zacchaeus, is saved here through faith, and there's so much we could unpack about faith and joy uh, and, and how that follows us when we come to salvation. But the first thing we see is that, that uh, Zach joyfully receiving relationship with Christ gives us a new identity. It gives us a new identity. First of all, you need to ask yourself, is there joy in your faith? Like, has anyone accused you this week of being too joyful? <laughs> eh. Right? Joy is the mark. Receiving Jesus joyfully, at least this new identity. Um, you can see it. Uh, where did, where did uh, Zacchaeus find his security? In his power, in his riches. Where did his new security come from? We got to keep reading. He heard, he came down, he received him joyfully. They saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone to be with the guests of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and he said, Lord, behold, half my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house, since he also is a son of Abraham. This new identity that opens our heart actually leads to opening our hands. The power and riches is no longer our sense of security. Our status, our status of being a Roman tax collector, we are now a new status of being a child of God. Jesus calls him a child of Abraham. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, when you can live out of your core identity of being a son of God or a daughter of God, where we can celebrate with the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 or Galatians 4, that by the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father, and we live from that, you know what happens? All the perceived authority of the world around us and the struggling of our situation and the sin that we battle within, it loses its power. Because we have this deep identity and security. The significance of Zacchaeus, his work was God. And what did it turn into? Fruitful work for God. He completely changed directions in his sense of vocation, joyfully receiving this new identity. Secondly, we joyfully trust Jesus to transform our worst ways into kingdom ways. And look what, look what he does here. We already read it. But this man who used to thieve, to rob, and to steal. What does he do? First of all, he says, I'm giving half my money to the poor. He doesn't give all his money. He gives half his money. Why is it? It's not a quantity issue, friends. It's a heart issue. 
Jesus told the rich young ruler, sell everything and give it to the poor. And he walked away sad. It's not about quantity. It's about his heart because he loved his money more than he loved Jesus. Zacchaeus, quit trying to quantify and self-righteously calculate how much you give. Let the gospel come into your heart and you'll see generosity flow in ways that you long for. But not only that, not only the worst ways of stealing are transformed to giving, but he says what he has stolen, he wants to pay back fourfold. You see that? There's a word for that. Zacchaeus is making reparations. And that's what happens when we joyfully trust Jesus to transform us. Is it our worst ways? What is your greatest enemy? becomes the very tool in his hand. And finally, Zacchaeus lives a new kind of humanity. He joyfully lives a new kind of humanity. Look at the passage. Jesus says, now that you are a son of Abraham and you're secure in my love and your status is secure, now don't be a tax collector anymore. Leave being a tax collector, be a holy life, get away from all people who are gross and dirty and come live in a monastic lifestyle where you are removed and you can remain pure. You see that? No, it's not in the passage. You know what he did? He commanded Zacchaeus to be a new kind of tax collector. It's the same as John the Baptist back in Luke chapter 3. When he's baptizing and these people come into the kingdom, they say, now what do we do? He says, be a different kind of tax collector. Be a, don't collect more than you're supposed to. Don't take from people. Don't commit injustice. Be a good tax collector. And this is true. It's a new kind of humanity when we're joyfully transformed. God says through the gospel, he wants you to be a new kind of student, a new kind of teacher, a new kind of neighbor, a new kind of worker, a new kind of employee, a new kind of boss, one that reflects his character, one that reflects his love, one that people look at and they see a humanity that is an invitation and they say, I don't know what that guy's got, I don't know what that girl's got, but I want some of it. And what it is, it's the work of Jesus deep down in our soul. And we, it's something we can't discover as long as our focus is on our performance and climbing up, trying to, trying to climb in greatness and status if we look for transformation horizontally or try to climb up in our moralism and self-righteousness, we miss it. We have to climb down. We have to humble ourselves and come out of our trees identifying with Adam and Eve covering themselves in the shame after they took from the tree and follow Jesus to a different tree. The tree where Jesus would go after he left Zacchaeus' house. The tree that awaited Jesus when he went into Jerusalem, where he completely lost his status. He lost any authority that he had. He gave it up so that he could be a servant of all and die a criminal's death, hanging on the tree that is the cross. It's only in that place where we find the radical forgiveness that we need like Peter, where we find the security and, and, and the sincere love that we need to see like Thomas who doubted. It's only there where the, the power of the gospel can interrupt our daily routine and our religious rituals like Lydia so that we can be transformed to be a new kind of citizen. Her in Philippi, you here in San Antonio. 
And finally, it's only when we come down out of our trees and follow Jesus the King to the tree of the cross where we can experience, like Saul, a transformation of an identity, so much so that we have a new name in the Lord. You indiscriminately are a child of the King. That's your primary identity. Not what you do, not where your family comes from, but the fact that you belong to God as his child. That, my friends, is how we grow in true transformation. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And we confess together that our, our hearts look at transformation more like my dog uh, than your word. Lord, we long to be people who are ambushed and made new by the fountain of your blessing. We confess our hearts are prone to wander. And we pray that you would bring us home. Give us deep security as your children. And help us to trust the gospel in the deepest places of our being. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.